Hey Dragons, welcome back to episode 63 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with a good friend of mine, Carl Landra from the 4th Line podcast, uh, a hockey podcast that talks about everything you want to know about the sport of hockey, including the NHL, the KHL, the AHL, all the other HLs you can think of. I had a really good time talking with Carl, and I know he's going to come back onto the podcast, hopefully as we're looking at the beginning of next season, but it was such a fun time talking with him. And we're right smack dab in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs here in the United States and Canada, so we did talk a little bit about that. Actually, we talked a lot about that. So anyways, hope you enjoy this one. Again, the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Almost Better Network. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Good morning, dragons, and welcome again to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am your host, Kenny Rotter, and today I am joined by good friend, fantasy football league compatriot, and podcast host of the Fourth Line podcast, Carl Landra. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing quite well, especially for this early in the morning. I'm uh, I'm glad I'm awake. Glad I'm here. We're going to, let's get after this. It is it is ten before seven where you are, and it is ten before six in the morning where I am. So we we are committed to the cause. I was gonna say, if anyone ever accuses you of not being committed to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, just this episode is enough to show them. So <laughs> thanks, and I that hasn't been accused yet, but the more people who listen, I'm sure I'll get one. There's got to be some troll out there who's just like, I'm going to take down this guy who takes time out of his day to make stuff for free. Yeah, I guess creating free content, most people don't say you mail it in. But, hey, I, you know, there's there's varying <laughs> degrees of effort put in. And uh, if anyone ever questions it, just it's it's before 6 a.m. Yeah. and I'm up here. So the sun is not up yet. Yeah. I'm I'm north and an hour sooner, so I've already got some sunlight beaming in. It's a good. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us a little bit about the Fourth Line Podcast. Uh, well, my name is Carl. I'm an Aquarius. Um, I've literally never started with that as my intro ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. One half of the Fourth Line podcast, do it with uh, my friend Joel. Uh, we are wrapping up our third season right now. Uh, third season? Yeah, third season. We're wrapping that up right now as we are uh, just started the third round of the playoffs last night. And uh, if you say, I don't know why that's relevant, we are a hockey podcast. So uh, if you like hockey, if you want to like hockey, there's a surprisingly large amount of people who tune in uh, – who've never watched hockey or like use podcasting to help them get into it, uh, which I, I find very interesting. I love when we find out that people are tuning in and have no idea. And they're like, I don't know who, even who to cheer for. Like, help me out here, guys. What, what should I do? Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Just the breadth of fan that tunes into, into our show. And so um, it's a weekly show. We release it. Uh, right now, actually, we release it every Saturday. So as soon as we're done here, that's why we're 
doing it so early so that uh we can uh i can get to my other show after this and so uh i thank you for working around my schedule i guess oh absolutely uh you know, I'm up this early anyway, so I was like, hey, you know what, let's have a really early conversation about something I love, which is hockey. And my... Qu- yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, it's good. Um, I am I was a little glad that that first game last night didn't go super late into overtime, because that would have just made... Like, Carl, why are you so groggy on the show this morning? Well, I went to triple OT, so I went to bed at 3 a.m. <laughs> Right, I was I was actually quite excited about that as well because I was like, I have to get up early tomorrow. Well, early, I have to be cognizant. Normally, I'm just like kind of zombieing around my house. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Whenever I have to record a show early, I did one uh, early last Saturday morning as well. We had a, a a guest host from Scotland on the show, and so just the time zone coordinating is a little different than uh, Pacific to Mountain. Oh yeah. And, uh, Got got up early and uh, started doing it. And I had to, whenever I do an early morning podcast, so that I try to make sure that my voice doesn't sound like I just woke up, um, which it, it very well might. If if a if a fourth line podcast listener is tuning in, there it might say, "Yeah, Carl sounds a little off." Um, I always listen <laughs> to pump up jams right before, so I just crank the jock jams and I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Um, are you are literally jock jams, like jock jams volume one? Uh, yeah, I just pull up like a jock jams playlist on Spotify okay. and see, see what tickles my fancy. Okay. I was going to be like, if you had that CD from, you know, the, the, <laughs> the late nineties mail order, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, it, I, I do whatever it takes to get the job done, I guess. <laughs> see me, I just grab coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, I find I've learned that apparently a 6 a.m. coffee without any food in my stomach Ooh. usually leads to some pains later on in the day. It just goes like straight to my head and I'm getting a caffeine headache. Okay. So I decided to ease my way in. Some water, some breakfast, then some coffee. There you go. See, I, I would love to be able to rock out to some music beforehand, but it's like my wife and dogs are still asleep. And I'm not so much worried about waking up my wife because she can sleep through anything, but it's the dogs. As soon as they wake up, they will go crazy. Yeah, I realized I was doing the same thing as I was walking the house this morning and blaring some Bohemian Rhapsody and then realized my wife was still asleep. So <laughs> so I'm sure she's like, look, honey, it's a great song to wake up to, just <laughs> not this early. Yeah, I know. He just killed a man, but I'd like to sleep. <laughs> If you don't turn it down, I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned you mentioned sometimes you get people contacting you that are like they don't know who to root for. So my question to you is what advice do you give them? Are you like, okay, well root for your hometown team, or if they don't have a hometown team, what do you tell them? Yeah, the hometown team is a great default and a lot of times um they don't have one. And so we kind of we give them usually give them a variety of teams to cheer for. Um, sometimes they'll say like, "Look, I kind of want to cheer for this kind of team. I don't want to cheer for the front runner. I don't want to cheer for the team everyone cheers for." So you know, you don't pick like the teams that have been winning for some time. You don't pick the Maple Leafs, um, and so then you you kind of eliminate the ones that are heartbreakingly terrible, 
Um, you try to give them some with some prospect for the future. So you don't, I don't, we don't try to pick uh, a team on the back end of a run. Um, and so, you know, give them a team in maybe one in each division, uh, one in each conference, and then go from there. You know, it, it's nice to have some choices. Tell them, you know, go watch some highlights of this player. Go watch some highlights of this player and this player and this player. And whichever one of those you enjoy watching the most, go pick that team kind of a thing. So um, I think that, like, the first one that we got is the one that stands out to me. And we had suggested either the New York Islanders or the Anaheim Ducks for them. And uh, I guess if they went with the Ducks, they, uh, they're happy right now. Well, happy-ish. Oh. They lost last night, but they're still playing hockey. And at this point in the year, that's a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing. Uh, it was heartbreaking to see my Bruins lose in the first round yet again. I was just glad they're back in the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, when I, when you asked me, uh, do you want to come on the show? I said, yeah, like I love being in the fantasy hockey or football league with you, um, and uh, you know started checking out your show and and seeing you know kind of some of the things. And so I was listening back to last week's episode, or I don't know when this is coming out, but the episode with Laura where you guys were talking about movies and film, and you mentioned you were a Bruins fan, and uh, I almost had to cancel at that very point. Oh no. <laughs> And so I uh, I went to Joel and I said, Joel, I have a problem. Uh, Ken, I'm going on his podcast. He's a Bruins fan. He said, let him have it. Give him, give him both horns. So for the record, before we go any further, the Bruins are far and away my least favorite hockey team. And Boston in itself is my least favorite sports city. So if your fandom extends to other Boston teams, maybe we should we, – we, we could get deeper into that or steer clear. <laughs> Either way. Um, no, I am only a Boston Bruins fan. I absolutely hate the Patriots. Amen. To the point where I consciously avoid them in fantasy football, or I try to. At some point, the value is just too much, and I think with my head and not my heart. So... I have had Tom Brady on a couple fantasy lineups, but I'm not happy about it. I have never owned Thomas Brady, and I will never, ever. No, um, I believe. No, I didn't own him. I've never owned Tom Brady. I'm proud of it. Good man. Good man. So who is your hockey team of choice? Um, well, as much as I can crap on the Boston Bruins as much as I want, um, my team was worse this year by a lot. Uh, I am a fan of the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's So why the hatred on, on the Bruins? Just, they're so dirty. Like, okay. I the, I just cannot stand, like, well, obviously Brad Marchand. He, he, as much as, as he's much as, dirty. Yeah, as much as as a Bruins fan, you, can, you should be able to appreciate the fact he is dirty. Um, and just like going back to, um, I guess the hatred started probably at their cup run. Um, In I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the Canucks or the Blackhawks year. Um, the one where they won or the one where they lost, it was probably started with the, uh, the year that you won. I was obviously as a, as a Canadian team, um, would pick the Canucks over the especially without a Canadian horse in the race like 
Calgary fans hate the Canucks. Um, but living in Calgary, I can still like the Canucks. I actually hate the Flames much more. Um, and so, yeah, I was, was rooting for the Canucks over the Bruins. And just it was a, an, a, a physical series. No love was lost between those teams. And I just when you, when you dislike a team for, you know, an entire playoff run, it becomes very easy to carry that forward to the next year. When uh, I enjoy watching the Blackhawks play, they're a fun team to watch. So, you know, you play them in the finals. Literally when uh, when Patrick Kane scored that, uh, was it Patrick? No. Whoever scored the, the series tying goal that sent that last game to overtime, I ran around my house and was like, when they scored the winner, I jumped into my wife's arms. She's not big enough to hold me. Uh, so that almost went poorly. But, you know, it's just I enjoyed cheering against the Bruins it's not like I'm a huge Blackhawks fan it was just more fun to cheer against them so I picked them as just that team that you hate it's sometimes in sports it's as fun to have a team you hate as it is to have a team you love and Boston just managed to fall right into that that for me and it you know as a Blue Jays fan I hate the Red Sox I hate Tom Brady uh I don't really have any feelings towards the Celtics but they kind of get disowned by association no, I'm I'm absolutely with you, and I I will say that my two least favorite teams are the Blackhawks and the Penguins. I I absolutely despise the Blackhawks for for beating us in the Stanley Cup. It was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but I have no one to blame but myself because I was the cause of that loss. What did you do? So. Is it? They lost in Game Six. Um, we're I'm at home. I left work early because it was an East Coast game, so I could so I could get home and watch the game. So I'm at home. I'm watching the game. The Bruins are up three to one or whatever the score was, and I'm like, all right, three to one is the worst lead in hockey, but we're sitting pretty. Like times times running down. We can do this. My girlfriend at the time comes home. And she's like, look, I've had a really horrible day. I really need to go somewhere. We can go, like, we can go somewhere where the game's on. And I told her, I was like, okay, let me tell you. We can go somewhere because you need this right now. And I'm going to be a supportive boyfriend. But when the game is on, I'm going to be 100% focused on the game. During intermission and at commercials... I will be 100% present with you and I will listen and I will respond and like I will be as supportive as you need. If you can agree to that, fine, that's totally cool. So she says, yeah, that's fine. We drive to uh, a bar. We put the game on and I, I totally lived up to my end of the bargain. While the game was on, I was 100% focused on the game. During commercials, I was 100% focused on her. And she actually really appreciated it. But it was the me changing locations that broke the momentum that they had. That's, uh, that is unfortunate, to say the least. Yeah. Have, you, have, you forgive, have you apologized to the, the team? Um, I have via Twitter, uh, numerous times, uh, they've not yet responded, but there was a game earlier in the playoffs 
where I'm, I'm listening to the game on the radio. The Bruins end up going down zero to two. I turn the game off. I get home. They tie it two to two. <laughs> I turn the game back on. And I'm like, oh, it's tied now. I'll put it back on. Within two seconds of me turning the game on, the other team scores. And I'm like, okay, I'm turning this game off. So then I turned the game off. They ended up winning the game five to three. And it was because I did not watch the game. I think that that's one of the, like, the funniest things about being a sports fan. I am like not in the slightest bit superstitious about the rest of my life. But when it comes to sports, I will, I will do the exact same thing. I'll be what, you know, I'll be following along on Twitter, on the radio, perhaps, uh, get home, turn the game on. They score. It's done. Like I will stop watching my favorite team just so that they can win because I believe that the fact that I turned the game on and they scored five seconds or you, you turn it off and they score for themselves five seconds and you're like, I can't leave this TV now, just like you. Like I, I can't. This is where I am for the next two hours. Yeah. So, house could be burning down around me. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. Not moving. Sorry. My team has to win. And uh, the only way it happens is if I sit right here. Yep, pretty much. That's and I know that there's sports fans or you know fans of other things where that happens, and so I know there's people out there right now who can totally relate to that. Oh yeah, even like even uh, like people. I don't get like I don't watch a lot of drama shows. Most of the shows I watch on TV are comedies, um, so it's not like I don't get super emotionally invested, like. Someone who's watching a scripted television show will have the exact same reaction. Like it's already been filmed, it's already happened. You can check on Reddit what's ha- what the result is of this show. But you're so like, I need to know what happened. I'm my actions are impacting what's happening on this show right now. Can't I'm no, just can't. I'm I'm here. No, absolutely. My so how if you're in Calgary, did you become an Avalanche fan? That is a great question. Which uh, I. I enjoy when people realize that. Actually, I, I had the same thing last night. Um, I do some volunteering with kids. And so I was, you know, hanging out last night. And one of the kids, you know, it's, it's the playoffs. It's Canada. Everyone's paying attention to hockey. Um, and one of the kids found out that I, you know, I like hockey, um, that I, I know something about hockey that's not nothing. And so uh, someone said that I was a hockey expert, which I quickly shot down. Um, but z- when you say that, the kid just like beelines it after. And he's like, so who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? It's like, ah, at this point, like I think Pittsburgh is. They were my pick at the start of the playoffs. They're my pick in my bracket. Um, they're still my pick. And I think the majority of people, if you look at uh, the pundits or the uh, those who have their winning uh, – models to see who's going to win most people have the penguins as the favorite now so it's not like that's crazy as much as it's sad for you ken um the the penguins will probably win so talking to him and first off he was very angry um that i picked the penguins and not the senators or the ducks but come on the senators are not going to beat the penguins let's be honest here i'm really hoping they do like, I was rooting for the Rangers. No, they didn't play the Rangers. Ottawa played the Rangers. I, yeah. was, I was rooting for the Caps. 
Essentially, the first round, I don't even remember who P- Pittsburgh played, but I was rooting for that team. Then they played the, the Caps. Yeah. Then I was rooting for the Caps, and now I'm rooting for the Senators. Mostly, I would like the Senators, because if the Senators win it all, I could be like, oh, well, obviously the Bruins would have made it to the Stanley Cup, but for the Senators. Yeah, that is a, a nice perk to lose to the Cup champs, because then it's like, well, we lost to the best. Who knows how good we were? Yeah. Um, you but anyway, <laughs> so so I'm I'm telling this kid my thoughts on the Penguins. And he's like, oh, okay, that's fine. So then I, you know, start asking him about his team, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he says back, well, what's your team? Colorado. And he just walks away. Like immediately my opinion <laughs> becomes invalidated because I would cheer for a team so terrible as the Colorado. A, a few seconds later, he comes back and he's like, why? Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm I'm broken. My team's broken. That's how that's we help each other. Uh, the way that happened is I I did not always live in Calgary. Uh, I've you know I'm uh, 29 years old. This is my third go round living in this city. Um, as a kid, moved around a lot. Um, and was living on the east coast of Canada at the time. And I would have been this would have been when I was about 11. And so I was just getting into sports and hockey and figuring out all of that and didn't there was no team out there. Um, at the time, they had the St. John's Maple Leafs, which were the AHL team for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I saw a lot of Leafs, um, saw a lot of you know players coming up. Everyone in the province lit, followed either the Leafs or the Canadians. And I didn't really want to cheer for either of them. So I kind of like went through this trial phase where I cheered for every team. I'd lived in Calgary at the time. And so I, I said, you know, let's cheer for the Flames. It becomes incredibly difficult. And I say this now as an adult, but I have like 15 years of uh, pent up fandom. So I have to stick to it. It's very difficult to cheer for a terrible team in a city you don't live in. And the only reason you picked it is because you used to live there. Um, so, you know, early 2000s Flames, not that good. Or I guess, the, yeah, that would have been would have been about, yeah, mid-90s Flames? Mid-90s, yeah. Yeah, early 2000s, yeah, yeah. late 90s Flames, not very good. Okay. And so, uh, so, you know, ditched them and then kind of went on a, uh, a stroll through a variety of teams. There was like a couple of months that I cheered for the Flyers. The Coyotes, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, so I, I ditched the Flames, and like just because it, it wasn't fun and I wasn't enjoying it. And I think sports in and of itself should be fun for you. That's why we do it. Obviously, it will upset you when you're committed to a team. You will have highs and lows. Um, but when you're 11 years old, it's much more important to just have fun. You're you are not loyal in the slightest. As, again, especially when they're not there. When there's no one else around you to support you, it's uh, super terrible. So um, Paul Correa became my favorite player, mostly because um, as it was Theo Fleury. I, I loved him. He was a flame. Um, he was a ton of fun. Paul Correa, I was a hockey card collector, mailed out hockey cards to players, and he asking them to autograph them and send them back. He was the only guy who did. So... To young Carl, that makes you the best. So Paul Curry became my favorite player. And then, uh, you know, just watching highlights and, you know, Sports Center, 
living there, this is it's the opposite of our situation now. Right now, uh, it's three and a half hours time difference between here and Newfoundland. That's right. I said three and a half. They're, they're a half hour off of everyone else. And so games ended incredibly late. Um, so what would the uh, hockey night in Canada would start at 830 uh, so, you know, as a kid, you watch one game. So I would literally watch Leafs or Canadians. And then sometimes I don't even know if I fully understood that there was a second game. I would just go to bed. And uh, I, I loved watching Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, Chris Drury, Belen Hayduke do their things on SportsCenter. And I just fell in love with that team and uh, started cheering for them, won a cup. And uh, it was good. It was it was great. So that's kind of how that happened. Just I liked watching them play, so I cheered for them. That dude, that works, man. My my fandoms are almost entirely random. So I think, like anybody, I have a sports hierarchy where I will root for the Bruins against any team. I'll root for the Coyotes against any team but the Bruins. And then I'll root for the Kings against any team but the Coyotes or Bruins. Yeah, I I feel very similar to that. Um, And that's actually, again, my my football fandom has solidified. Um, But I I am now, and I guess they're local to you now, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are my football team. And again, as a Canadian... It's very easy to just like you just pick a team. Like some people here, there's more Seahawks fans than anything else, just because of our proximity to to Seattle. But um, and they've won recently, so you get a lot more people jo- jumping on the bandwagon when you win. And you have Pride of Canada, Pride of Regina, John Ryan, Super Bowl winning punter for the Seattle Seahawks. It's true. Jonathan Ryan is quite the gem. Um, I don't think he gets enough love in Canada, though. Like, he's a good punter, which again, most people don't fully understand what a good punter is. But he's he's one of the only punters I can name that have thrown a touchdown pass. Well, and you know him for his play on the field, which is always a good thing for a punter. Yes. Um, yeah, John Ryan, good good Canadian, but the I used to be. <laughs> I used to be a Minnesota Vikings fan Um, and, you know, cheer for the Vikings. I loved Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper, Robert Smith. Like that's kind of when I got into it. It was that era, Um, you know, started playing the Madden and there was there was no one more fun to use than Randy Moss and Madden back then. So use them and uh, cheered for them. And as a as a side effect of being a Vikings fan had a large hate on for the Green Bay Packers, but more specifically Brett Favre. <laughs> and I, I had one rule. It was continually rumored, continually rumored. I said, I swear, if this stupid football team brings Brett Favre on board, I'm done. Like it's over. There, there's, there's one thing that you don't do is bring in the guy that cheering for you has caused me to hate for the last decade. I have cheered against him. I have, I don't, I, you never, I never, maybe you do. 
I never like to wish for injuries, but I did not wish him well. I wasn't like, oh, have a great year, Brett Favre. I wasn't sending him Christmas cards. Cheering for Brett Favre, or not Brett Favre. Cheering for the Vikings. They signed Brett Favre, and I was like, done. They're dead, done to me. Um, and so got rid of them, and uh, I was a big fan of LT and Phillip Rivers over in San Diego, so jumped on board that, and ever since. It's been, uh, been Charger time. Dude, there you go, man. Um, I know that here in L.A., we now have two teams, and I have not met a single person who cares about either. Yeah, and it like it seems <laughs> like that would be the case because you already lost the Rams once, and like no one seemed to be like, you know what, we really need the Rams again. No, it's it's there's still a lot of diehard Raiders fans here. But there's not a lot of Rams fans here. There's not a lot of Chargers fans here. So you're bringing in two of the less popular options. I have people saying how excited they are. that They're more excited that the Raiders are moving to Vegas. Because then they're going to be two and a half hours closer. So people can actually just drive from LA to Vegas for games. Yeah, seeing that's that's great for I think Vegas will do great for the Raiders. It's a it's a weird choice for like the first team. If you were to ask me which team would be the the most Vegasy, um, I don't think bring bringing the Raiders to town would have been my first choice. Um, but man, they'll have a ton of fun. You get uh, you get those Raiders fans out partying after the games. Whew. Well, and that's what my. I think it's just such a Raiders move that, and then some of their draft choices, I was like, you guys have no intention on trying to change your perception. (laughs) Raiders gonna Raider. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a unique organization, but Hey, (laughs) they're doing, they're doing well right now. Um, Oh yeah. So good on them. They're they're better than my team, which isn't hard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if if Keenan Allen could stay on the field, and if Philip Rivers was five years younger, yeah, um, then we would still be making the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. It's just um, <laughs> it. I I think you know when you watch the end of a uh, an era, Philip Rivers is still good. Still, he's still a quarterback that can take a team to the playoffs, but. Um, I, you know, everyone else around them's left, and we've lost a lot of guys there. It's just, um, yeah, it's we need to rebuild, retool. And I think, you know, love me, love me, uh, some uh, some Bosa picking him oh, in the draft yeah. last year. Who once he finally got into camp, um, showed up with the team, got healthy. That guy's fun to watch. He's going to be a beast. So excellent. My my NFL team is randomly the Tennessee Titans, so I'm I'm really excited. They're not a flashy team; they don't get a lot of national attention, but they're like, if Mariota can stay healthy and protect the ball, like with with the trouble that Andrew Luck has had recently, with the fact that Houston does not have a quarterback. You know, Jacksonville's going to be Jacksonville. I really think we can take the division this year. 
Yeah, you guys have a great chance for sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just think, like, the Texans, to win that many games last season with no quarterback was impressive. Well, their their defense is otherworldly. Like, you've, you've taken a quality defense, and then they had the flop that was Clowney, who's yeah. now good. Like, He's he's sneaky. He, you have J.J. Watt there getting all the attention, but with Watt gone for so much last year, Clowney stepped up, and he was fantastic. So if you can have both of them, if he can keep that up, and you have one guy on each side of the line coming at you, you they might not need a quarterback. They'll just destroy the other teams first. Yeah. No, it's it's they're they're truly scary. And then... The fact that they could rebound from the mistake that was Brock Osweiler so quickly, I think, was amazing. Yeah, but, you know, there's always going to be a Cleveland Browns around to help <laughs> you out in those situations. <laughs> oh, you guys have all this cap space here. Oh, my gosh. Me and some friends just had such a such a great laugh that Brock Osweiler was a negative asset in that trade. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate for uh, Brock Osweiler and for the Cleveland. My brother-in-law is a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, and so I don't laugh so much. I, I try to support him. Um, at first, I like to make fun of the Browns. And now it's just gotten to the point that it's sad when you actually have someone in your life who cheers for that team. And you have to see what he goes through. So. <laughs> no, um in in one of my other fantasy football leagues we have a browns fan and it's it's really kind of sad but i want to say if brock osweiler like if he gets a big enough chip on his shoulder and he just hits the gym hits the practice field and just puts in the time like i think he could actually be better than what he was i don't think he has a choice but to be better than what he was Obviously, I don't think he's worth sixteen million dollars a year, but if if he can if he can get up to a more productive level, like use that chip on your shoulder, get better. Well, and you could say that he had a fantastic defense in Denver and a magical defense in Houston, but he has led two teams to the playoffs. He he kind of led them last year, like he was kind of their quarterback. But he has been the quarterback of two playoff teams. And Good things come in threes. <laughs> I so I actually root for Brock Osweiler because I I am a Sun Devil as as he is. So I really want to see him do well. And I think you kind of said this like we don't root for people to get injured or you know we don't wish bad things. Like I can. People don't understand this with fantasy football. You can root for your team and that someone going against your team is having a good game. Yeah, like when the, when someone's playing the Chargers, um, I hope that the quarterback only throws to that receiver. <laughs> exactly. Um, and gets thrown off every – or picked off every time he throws to somebody else. It's quite simple. Um, it's actually – Fantasy sports, and obviously that's how we met, um, is through fantasy football. And uh, I feel like my fandom, obviously fantasy sports and sports in general, but fantasy sports is meant to enhance the, the sport enjoyment. 
And I know a lot of fantasy football analysts these days are big on the, uh, you know, this is fun. This should be fun. Don't overthink these things. If you don't want to pick Tom Brady, go pick Drew Brees instead. Like you have options. You don't have to pick someone just because they're good. There's someone else equally as good who you can pick. So I, I, I'm big into that. I want to have fun. I don't want to cheer for someone. So I have, I have one big rule when it comes to fantasy sports is I just, I never pick my own team because I don't want to be disappointed twice when they lose. <laughs> The only it's really the only rule that I have. So if you're up against me in a fantasy league, we're in the draft. Just know, I'm not going to pick a charger. I'm not going to pick an Av because I'm just going to be sad when they <laughs> everyone loses. See, I as, like aside from Delaney Walker, I think all Titans are usually avoided. Just by everybody, except for DeMarco Murray last year, which was beautiful. Um, he was he was a beast. Now, uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little more hockey. So we've got four teams left in the playoffs. You think it's going to be the Pens? What do you think about the playoffs so far this year? They've been a ton of fun. Uh, last night was the twenty fourth overtime. So far, this playoffs they set the record for the most play or overtimes in the first round, eighteen. Yeah, and there is there is nothing better than playoff overtime. We haven't had a marathon game yet. There hasn't been a triple OT game. I'm kind of still hoping for one, holding out hope. Um, I haven't showed up to work groggy the next day and have to explain that I stayed up to watch the hockey game. Um, with you know they've been a ton of fun. There hasn't been. Um, there hasn't been a series that went long that was boring, um, which was good. The the game sevens in the second round a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, they you know both of those losing teams kind of put up duds for efforts. The, the the Oilers did decent for themselves. Once the Ducks got their lead, man, that Ducks team if they get a lead late, you you're gonna be up against it. They play a fantastic trap through the neutral zone making it so that you just have to like the oilers did they just were dumping the puck in the whole time so you really need to uh try to come at them with speed and get through their like team speed not just Connor mcdavid speed which was their problem yeah i i love Connor mcdavid i i was actually really upset when the coyotes decided not to tank their season like and hey so, we're gonna try I, please and, yeah, so they didn't get as many chances at a high draft pick as they could have, or at the at the number one pick. So I, that was just I was like, really, like I get that Shane Doan has a thing about always competing, but the bigger picture is if that team doesn't do something, it is no longer going to be in Arizona. Yeah, that that that's always a an interesting situation. Obviously, we joke on the show about the fact that they're going to move because they're probably going to move, and uh, it's just it's a tough situation down there. But they this new kid, and I can say kid because he's younger than me, that they have in as general manager down there. Um, he's he's doing some pretty good things. He's going about this the right way. He's he's 
very Cleveland Brownsy about it, picking up the salary dumps of other teams because he has all this cap space, um, and then not having to pay them because that's smart as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, getting uh, getting uh, Churchin for Datsuk was a fantastic grab. Um, you know, Dave Boland there, Chris Pronger still on the roster, Hall of Famer, <laughs> NHL employee Chris Pronger will still show up on the Arizona Coyotes in NHL 17. What a magical time we live in. <laughs> well, I was I was a little bummed because I was a huge fan of um, Bissonette. Oh, yeah. And then they sent him down to the minors, and then they got rid of him, and I was like, ugh. And I don't know. I just love Biz Nasty. He's, he's awesome. He's like old school enforcer style. Yeah, but like kind of like a a new school mentality about it. Like he doesn't take himself seriously at all. And like he doesn't, you know, obviously as an enforcer, as a guy who chirps a lot, you're going to cross some lines. Like he seems like a decent, respectable enough guy. And maybe I just haven't seen the parts where he's a jerk, but um, like he seems to not take himself too seriously. He just has fun with it all. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, my... I don't know if you follow any of the arena issues with the Coyotes at all, but oh yes, they're the biggest issue they had. And I talked about this um, last week with Laura, and this is actually going to go up the week after Laura's. So because we were talking about the playoffs, I wanted to make sure it was timely, so I marked out the date it was going to go up. Um, the Coyotes chose an arena. That's an hour and a half away from all of Arizona's hockey fans. It just didn't make sense. So you're obviously, you know, you went to school down there. You're you're well versed uh, in the area. Where are Arizona's hockey fans? Because as you said, they're not showing up to games there. Like, where exactly geographically are they, and okay. and why? So they are in East Phoenix. And in, when I say East Phoenix, I mean the metropolitan area, like Tempe, Mesa, um, Chandler, Gilbert. And that's because a lot of the people who live there are transplants. So a lot of them are hockey fans, but a lot of them come from the Midwest. A lot of them come from the East Coast, where we do have a lot of uh, Red Wings and, and Blackhawks fans. But... More so than that, they are hockey fans. They're the type of people who will show up, they'll buy season tickets, they'll show up to a Blackhawks game in a Blackhawks hockey sweater, but they will show up the other 40 40 home games in a Coyote sweater. And so they decided to build the stadium in Glendale, which is all the way... In the West Valley. So literally it is about. I want to say like 40 or 50 miles away. Yeah, that's not that's not. And so you said like, is it it's literally an hour and a half drive to get from one to the other? Literally an hour and a half drive with the traffic, with the parking. And the thing is, they wanted to they thought that they would team up with the Arizona Cardinals stadium 
And so you'd have these two stadiums out there in Glendale. The issue is no one has an issue driving an hour and a half eight times a year on a Sunday. Exactly. You've got time for days. It's a special event. I, I flew to Seattle to watch a football game. Like, I, sure, I'll drive an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, the Cardinals are playing the Titans in December this year, and I'm debating whether or not to just fly out to Arizona for that, especially because my family's there. But trying to go to a game that starts at 7 midweek, and you're going to be there till 10, 10.30, you're not going to get home until 11.30 or midnight, and then you got to go to work the next day? It just, it's, there, there are so many opportunities to have built that stadium somewhere else. One of the proposed sites was literally a 15-minute bike ride away from me. I would have, and I had no money. Like, I was a broke college kid, you know. I easily would have teamed up with some friends and bought season tickets. Because it was a 15-minute bike ride. Like, absolutely. So I just think that they kind of shot themselves in the foot when they decided to build a stadium out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's... uh. It, it is tough. It, you know, describing that, it's like if Calgary and Edmonton had decided instead of building a brand new arena in Edmonton, building a brand new arena in Calgary, let's just build one arena and put it in Red Deer. And they'll just, <laughs> they'll just travel to there and we'll call one the Calgary Flames and one the Edmonton Oilers, but they'll play in the same arena in a city halfway between them. Yeah, yeah, no. It doesn't work. Well, I wish them the best. Do you... So obviously they're going to eventually like this Glendale thing is a real disaster with the arena there and the amount that the city's foot in the bill to keep them there. Um, do you, I, I believe that eventually they'll leave. Um, we know Batman is fully committed to trying to build hockey in non-traditional hockey markets. And especially now with Austin Matthews coming out of Phoenix, everyone's like, look, it works. Yeah. Putting hockey teams in the South works because now we have the best player coming out of this draft is from Phoenix and it's great. And this wouldn't have happened without the Coyotes. So everyone's championing like we can't get rid of the Coyotes or Austin Matthews wouldn't have happened. Um, but it's it's tough to no. to see how few people show up. And like, as you said, there's a lot like their biggest games are because someone else comes to town. All the snowbirds from Canada are down there when, uh, you know, someone, someone, you know, Canada or, or Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago, Detroit, those big draw teams show up and they sell 8,000 tickets instead of four. Yeah. It's, it really is a matter of you go to a Blackhawks game or, you know, a Red Wings game, and you are, as a Coyotes fan, you are at an away game. Yeah. Because, and I just think that is so demoralizing for the players. Oh, for sure. Who would who would want to go to, as much as like every team has the same amount of dollars that you can offer a player, like they're all the same money, 
but you can go play in Pittsburgh. You could go play in Tampa or you can go play in Dallas where they're going to cheer for you or you can go to Arizona where they're going to cheer for the other team. Well, but yeah. You- and, and also you're, we're no longer a contender. We're stuck in this middle of the pack at the bottom. So we're the bottom of the middle of the pack where we're consistently too good to get decent draft picks, but too bad to gain any real following. And I do think it's a matter of location. I hope if they do, they are going to move. They do not want to be in Glendale, and Glendale does not want them. So if they can team up with the Phoenix Suns and build a dual-purpose stadium, if they can team up with Arizona State, who's proposed building um, a hockey stadium, because Arizona State's hockey team has a huge following and is actually pretty good. Yeah, they just moved into the the big division, did they not? They I, did. I do not I do not follow uh, college hockey at all, but uh, two of the folks that do some writing with the website are big hockey fans. So, uh, or big college hockey fans. Obviously, we're big all big hockey fans, but uh, <laughs> college hockey. And so, yeah, good on good on them. Obviously, uh, Arizona State doing well, and it seems like that's the case. It always surprises me. When you have all the teams, you know, Arizona, Phoenix uh, has a lot of sports teams. Uh, you know, I, I would say a big sports city because you've got one of each, and then all the college as well. Um, yeah, it's it surprises me when there's less shared arenas. Like the Suns and the Coyotes should not have their own buildings. No, it's it's very similar to it's it's the Staples Center here in L.A. It's you have two basketball teams and the hockey team. And there's not really a bad seat for anything. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I really definitely think the problem is the Suns want to, quote-unquote, own the stadium so that then the Coyotes have to pay them rent Whereas I think the Coyotes would rather have a dual owner situation where they split costs. Because then they'll, if you own it, then you're getting the revenue from the concessions. Yeah, concessions, concerts, so whatever else, right? For sure. Yeah. So you have competing interests there, which is really a shame. But if you're the Coyotes... At some point, you've got to say, okay, let's enter into a six-year lease. Let's build a following in the in downtown in Central Valley, see if we can actually get people to our games. And then, and then when you have a little bit more leverage, say, okay, we've done this for six years. Now let's be full partners on this. Yeah, enough to say that, you know, because I... I I personally wouldn't want to do it because they haven't been able to make any money off of it. Like there's, they've been struggling so much to be able to uh, build that following that certainly building an arena with their own dollars doesn't make a lot of sense at this point in that city. So I get why, you know, sure they'd love to be able to make some of that stadium money, but also to put up, you know, half a billion dollars doesn't make a lot of sense when it'll literally take you, 
potentially forever to get that. Like you, you will likely never get that money back. And billionaires like to buy hockey teams and sports teams because it's fun to own a sports team. It's, it's, you know, Oh yeah. It's It's showy status. Exactly. Owning an arena less so like, Oh yeah, I own (laughs) this giant building that sits empty half the year. Um, <laughs> so that my hockey team can go play it. Like that's not something you're bragging about to your other billionaire friends, but you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I own the Coyotes. It's no big deal, you know. But uh, I own this arena that Glendale just kicked us out of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, you know, I'm we're a homeless sports team. It's fine. Like that happens all the time, right? Just no one wants us. That that's still cool. Yeah. So I, you know, that's that's a little less braggy. Like if you're putting it on the on the collection on the rankings of uh, professional sports teams in North America to brag about owning one without an arena, probably when you get kicked out of an arena, even worse. Yeah, uh, probably drops you down a few notches. Uh, well, okay, so I, there's I have more questions about the playoffs that I want to talk about. Yeah, sorry, I keep <laughs> I keep derailing no, us talking dude, about things that dude. aren't. That's dude. That's how that's how conversations happen. This is one of the like most like I haven't had to refer to my list of emergency questions at all. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk. So some, yeah, the Penguins <laughs> are going to win. The Senators keep winning, even though they shouldn't. But I like them because of Craig Anderson and the situation with him and his wife. If you don't know, his wife has been going through cancer treatment all year. He's been away from the team sometimes. And when he's been there, he has been fantastic. It's literally just like him and Eric Carlson holding this team together. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. The, you know what? I think I'm rooting for a Predators-Senators Stanley Cup final. Although I think that will be the worst thing for the NHL. Oh, I think the Ducks one would be much worse. Really? Why so? Uh, like, like I had mentioned about the Ducks with their shutdown hockey. I don't want the Ducks getting like a 2 nothing lead in the second period and then it's just boring trap hockey for the entire third. Like it's that that would not be fun to watch. I I agree. I was thinking more I think Nashville and Ottawa at least in the United States don't have a big draw power. Like I think people will tune in who aren't Penguins fans to root for the penguins to lose. Right. And I I think Anaheim is close enough to LA that it's still a big market hockey city and so people will tune in, you know, for a duck series. I don't know if people would be like, "Oh, Ottawa and Nashville. Nashville has a hockey team?" <laughs> which I know that they do because I've actually been following the Predators this playoffs because they're very much the Cinderella story. Yeah, get to the playoffs by one point, and now you're one up in the the conference finals. Absolutely, it's I I love the Predators. I've liked them for quite some time. Um, which is you know they're in the same division as my Avalanche, so I'm probably supposed to not like them. But they're just I think part of what makes me like them is I'm a big country music fan, and there's that like they're just they fully embrace that side of Nashville. Um, you know, and I, what enhances it is the fact that their captain is married to Carrie Underwood. That doesn't hurt things. <laughs> and so she's she's bringing out all of her friends to sing the national anthems at these games. It's fantastic. Like, um, I don't know how many of your listeners are country music fans, um, but 
you know, you, you saw Luke Bryan sing the national anthem at uh, at game two of for, for them at home, which is a guy who's also getting booked to sing at the Super Bowl. Like, those are the kinds of things that you get in Nashville. Where Carrie Ender was just like, hey, Luke, do you want to come sing at the Preds game? Go see Mike play. You know, you can come hang out with us up in the box. Whatever. It's, it's fun. And you have that side of it. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> and so then, like, they're... You know, you have the PK Subban side of it, where unless you're Mike Milbury, I think everyone appreciates the fact that he just has fun playing a game, um, and that's still okay, even in the playoffs. To dance to music during warmups is very okay, um, Dude, right? Like, Mike, what? Why? Why would you hit on the guy? <laughs> yeah. I ne- I hope I never get to the point where I'm such an old curmudgeon that someone else having fun makes me angry. Like right? in a way that hurts nobody. Like Dude. sure, there's kids playing on my lawn. Get off my lawn. Go play on someone else's lawn. You have your own lawn probably. Go play on that. Um I no, can that get was, that. This is very much a Mike Milbury get off my lawn moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? But like like you're dancing to music. Yes, Mike, I know dancing is not not a good thing. Dancing is an inappropriate thing for people of your generation. Um, but in it's... the footloose town of Nashville, <laughs> dance. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> uh, and I, like, okay. I hated P.K. Subban when he was on the Canadiens. Yeah, mostly because well, right, he was a Canadian. Yeah, a Canadian. I don't want people to think that I hate Canadians. <laughs> right. Um, I like that you, you do try to make put the French accent as a Canadian, as someone from Canada. I can't be bothered. They're, well, let's call them <laughs> the Habs, so you don't sound like you hate an entire nation. You hate the Habs. You don't okay. wish them well. I, I no. I if they could, if they could just switch places with the Coyotes so they were in the middle of the pack for the rest of their, for the rest of their franchise's existence, I would be happy. Uh, but no, now that he's on Nashville, I'm totally cool with it. Like, I hate Sidney Crosby. If Sidney Crosby became a Boston Bruin tomorrow, I'd be like, yes! <laughs> right. It's, it's not because he is from Canada that you hate Sidney Crosby, it's because he's on the Penguins. Correct. I also have issues with parts of his personality, but I could put that aside if he played from a Bruins. Right. You cheer for Brad Marchand. You can clearly see through some character flaws to cheer for a guy. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think I've actually commented a couple times on some fourth line stuff. I think we've actually had some conversations where I've been like, yeah, yeah, he, he that was very Bush League. You know, he deserved... I. People were like, he was suspended for two games. I was like, it should have been more. Yeah, oh, you you were not homerish on that at all. Certainly not. Like, and, I mean, I could be homerish and be like, it wasn't dirty. It was undisciplined. No, shut up, Brad. It was <laughs> dirty. Yeah, you, spearing like, a guy in the crotch is not, un, it is both undisciplined and dirty. And dirty. Yeah. yeah. No, so... What is your what's your dream Stanley Cup matchup with the four remaining teams? Are you thinking it's going to be Ducks Pens? What would you like to see, and what do you think we are going to see? I would like to see Pens Preds, and I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, like okay. last night, last night we saw Anaheim play poorly to start the game, 
and Nashville overcome a substandard, and especially for this playoffs, but a substandard Pecorini performance. He led in two goals, which his average is one and a half. So that's worse. But um, but Matt, two goals is your worst. I mean, yeah, we're we're, we're almost at eight o'clock in the morning here, so I can do math now. Uh, we're we're awake <laughs> enough for math. Two larger than one and a half. Um, and so I, you know, obviously, I thought the only thing that I was concerned about going into that series was the layoff for the Preds. And in the playoffs, there's that great debate: Do you want the the time off to rest? Or do you want to keep going so you stay fresh? Or not not fresh, but you stay engaged. And the momentum. Right. As much as one can believe in momentum, that's a conversation for potentially later this episode. Um, but I think what Nashville needs the most and why this layoff they had hurts them is they've been riding a incredibly hot Pecorene. And more so than any position in hockey, mental game for a goaltender, huge. And that time off to let him stew, to let him get disengaged from the hot streak that he's on. Obviously, it didn't really impact him having that time off after he swept your hated Blackhawks. Beautiful. So, right. So you're you're all you're all bored on Team Preds now. Um, after that, he he clearly didn't lose that. So we can, you know, we'll see moving forward. But I just, that's why I was hesitant to go fully engaged on the Preds because they really did, they needed Pecorene to still play otherworldly. Um, as much as much as everyone gives Marc-Andre Fleury credit for what he's doing in Pittsburgh, and he's playing great, he was the backup going into the playoffs. And in game one of the playoffs, he suddenly became the starter when Matt Murray hurts himself in warm-ups. <laughs> you you know it's it's crazy thing it's it's the playoffs that's what happens exactly yeah oh it, the unlikely hero every year has an unlikely playoff hero and for some reason this year it's an already cup winning goaltender in, in <laughs> Pittsburgh is that unlikely hero and Pekarene who's been a uh, a Vesna candidate previously so yeah it's uh those are those are the surprising guys but. So, I, you know, we saw last night Nashville up one nothing, won a game on the road. Obviously, the Ducks lost, you know, in Anaheim to the Oilers. It doesn't mean that it's over. They still managed to win that series. Um, seven games, a lot can change. But I just, you know, Nashville's been really good. Um, they've been, as like, if, if Rene continues to be even half of what he's been, they can he's enough to take them to the finals and win. I don't think, I still think Pittsburgh has it because if you, I think the Preds are enough to get past them, but just the Preds are, are not enough offensively to match the Penguins. That's what we saw in the Capitol series. You know, both of those teams, not the best defensively, obviously most of their talents up front. And some of those games just became, you know, shootouts. Pittsburgh has a solid ability to play well defensively. Um, you know, I wouldn't brag about it, but it's better than most. And so, you know, once Pittsburgh gets that lead, they can defend it. Um, sometimes it takes Marc-Andre Fleury playing fantastic. But a lot of those games, you know, they got a lead and they would 
uh, turtle a little bit, pull back, and have the other team push in on them. Um, Pittsburgh's a team that I don't think needs to do that, though. Yeah, I I don't get why they do that sometimes. That team just needs to like put the throttle down and just put it to their opponent. If they played like that, they could win every game hands down. Like that's just get a lead and keep pushing instead of this new mentality. And it's not even a new mentality, but this mentality in sports of defend the lead, defend the lead. No, grow the lead. No, absolutely, and and create that momentum just so you can keep that going and just totally demoralize your opponent. Yeah, if um, you send them home crying in game one, you're either going to make them so mad for game two or just, uh, it's fine. We're yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you bring up the Caps because I actually spent three years in, in D.C. as a hockey fan, and so the Capitals are probably my fourth favorite team in my hierarchy. Well, there you go. They're my second in mine. Oh, They're right go. there. Common yeah. ground, man. Common ground. <laughs> well, especially So Joel is a Leafs fan. And with the Caps being, you know, second in my hierarchy, I only have two. It's the Avalanche and it's the Caps. I finished first and last in the standings this year. And, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we, we had a bet when the Leafs and Caps play in the first round, which – the the bet was that um, I don't know if you are aware of. There's a product called Bab Socks. Which no, are I don't know what this are. Socks with Maple Leaf coaches Mike Babcock's face on them. <laughs> okay. And so uh, I I got Jared Joel a pair for his birthday one year, and that was the bet. If the Leafs won, he got a second pair of Bab Socks, and if the Caps won, he had to buy me something of lesser value with of capital stuff and. In the end, he was quite nice. I now am the proud owner of a Colorado Avalanche license plate frame. So, Oh, that's nice. So my question is, is this the last year for Ovechkin in D.C.? No. No? Should it's... it be? No. Really? People are very much on the train of... it. It happens in every sport. The example that I like to use with Alexander Ovechkin is Peyton Manning. Everyone said Peyton can't win, Peyton can't win, Peyton can't win. You know, he loses in the playoffs, loses in the first round. He's not a winner. He's, you know, he's a great regular season quarterback, but he's terrible come the playoffs. No one says that now because he's now won multiple Super Bowls. Yes. For, for the first 12 years of his career, Peyton Manning was unclutch. He was a choker. He was a regular season stud and a playoff dud. And no one looks at him like that anymore. It's true. So you're not, you're not wrong. And so that's all it takes. It takes one year. If Ovi had, if they had won that one game in a series where Ovi and everyone has injuries at this point in the year, but like you could kind of see. He was banged up and has come out. He had a knee injury, I think a hip injury. Yeah. They put him down on the third line literally just because, like, you're not healthy enough to get first line time right now, but we can't bench you. You're our best player. Yeah. So, but at, at some point, don't you think get okay, getting rid of him will bring decent value to the Caps 
and it gives him kind of a fresh start with a contending team. And I don't mean to trade him because he's not good or get rid of him because he's not good, but because every year more and more and more pressure gets put on him to do something with the Capitals. And they never get to the conference finals. They never get past that second round. Well, the my favorite stat of the week, someone po- I think it was on Reddit I saw uh, someone point out the fact that the Arizona Coyotes have made the conference finals more recently than the Washington Capitals. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a kick there. Yeah. Really Brad I... Marchand in the Capitals there. <laughs> Aww. And we bring it back around. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't... Uh, from the Capitals' point of view, one, obviously Alexander Ovechkin has a giant contract. He also yeah. has a no-trade clause. So you have to find a team that he's willing to go to and is willing to fit that salary onto their books and then also give you something valuable in return because certainly you can spend that cap space, but you're not going to go out into the trade market, like the free agent market, and find someone to replace him. Quite literally, probably one of the best pieces available is current Washington Capital TJ Oshie is one of the best free agent pieces out there this year. So yeah. You're going to go out and bring back TJ Oshie? Like, that's not going to change anything with the team. And whatever you get for Ovi, sure, you're going to get a worse player back. So all you've done is maybe added some depth. Hopefully added some depth. But, you, you know, those other pieces might be draft picks. So essentially you're just building for the future, which not bad, not a bad thing to do. They have no draft picks this year, so they could certainly use some. I don't know, but it's it's either way you look at it, I think the Capitals are a worse team next year. Oh, certainly they are, yeah. And and how how old is Oshi? How long has he been in the league? Uh Oshi, I, I want to say 30, maybe 29. So how old is Ovechkin? He is 31, I believe. Okay, so you've got the same same amount of essentially wear and tear on those tires between the two of them. It's kind of a wash there. But I don't know. I just I just like I I love Ovechkin. I I I want him to get to get his I want his name to be on a cup at some point. I just think this year was the best chance he's ever going to have. And it, it the re- one of the reasons why I really want him to get a cup is because I have a friend who's a huge Penguins fan, and every year, even if it's not the Pens that put the Capitals out, he makes fun of Ovechkin, and I'm like, you need to stop. Yeah, it's it is very difficult to to see, and uh, you know he's great. Alexander Ovechkin is a fantastic, great quarterback. Um, I also think he should have a cup, but there's you know there's. It's a very much a team game, and it comes down to the fact that, you know, this year, as much as Ovi wasn't 100% healthy, like if Braden Holpe was regular season Braden Holpe, that team wins. That Oh, yeah. That's a fact. So, like you can say, well, Ovi didn't win the cup. I, I put that way more on the fact that Holpe couldn't stop a beach ball for half of those games. Like he was not good. He needed to be better, yeah. and I love me some Brayden Holby. I fell in love with Brayden Holby during a playoff series. When I was watching, I was like, man, this guy is fantastic. And he was average. He stopped 
pucks he should stop and made very few saves that maybe say wow. And you need that out of a goaltender to make yeah. it to the conference. To be one of the top four teams in the league, you need some games where your goalie steals it. And there was maybe one of their seven wins that he actually stole. You have yeah. to steal some. The Pens got multiple out of Marc-Andre Fleury. The Preds have gotten multiple out of Pekka Rene. The Senators have gotten some from Craig Anderson. Yeah. Like, well, I, I even said with that game seven – uh, a few nights ago, that whoever scores the first goal is going to win the game. Because, and I'm actually going to put this one a little bit on the fans. Once the Penguins scored the first goal, that arena just lost all of its energy. And there was nothing going on with them. Yeah, they definitely, well, there, as much as you could say, Ovi's, you know, has the pressure on him, and he's nervous and he's anxious to win. Those fans know it even more. Like you, you, as you said, you, they scored that first goal, and then you could just see, like, oh, we lost, we're done. Like some of them probably headed to the exits as soon as the pen scored that first one. It's a, it's a, a little demoralized fan base. As much as they keep winning presidents' trophies, um, it's tough. And like I would say, if you had. A different and everyone loves to hate on the NHL's playoff system right now. I frankly love it. It builds rivalries. It builds dislike. Like, if sure, if you if they had gone a different route, if the Pens had lost to if the Caps had lost to the Rangers or the Senators uh, in the second round, then you, you don't really dislike them as much, right? Because that would if they had reseeded based on points, the Caps would have played the Sens. If you lose to the Ottawa Senators, it's demoralizing. But yeah. you're not you're not angry at the senators. Like you don't have that hatred for them. Yeah. This way, you know, it would have been the pens. They're they're building that rivalry. So I like that, but at the same time, that should have that's a conference final game. Like most people, the kind of the general understanding was that game seven was punching your ticket to the cup final. Yeah. So it's it's tough when that's happening around early. Because you can say, well, the Caps never made it. Well, they played the best team. Like last year, they lost to the Cup champ, just like you hope the Sens win so you can claim the same thing. No, absolutely. Oh, oh the Capitals. Yeah. So anyways, my number one team's terrible. It's a, it's a going back to uh, how, you know, sports teams bring you joy. Um my sports fandom right now, my, my wife does not want me talking about sports because uh, as of, you know, early last week, and I think, you know, as of three days ago, my baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays, was tied for last. My <laughs> hockey team finished last. Uh, my football team finished seventh last. And I don't really care about basketball, but if I do, I say I'm a Raptors fan, so... At least they lost to the Cavs because that was going to happen anyways. Well, yeah. But it that doesn't – like I want them to win, but when they lost, I was like, oh, okay. I watched about 10 minutes of the playoffs and I really don't care. So the three teams I actually care for are, uh, are collectively nah. – if you were to take first last, first last, and seventh last, they're collectively the ninth worst organization. Like they would they – would, <laughs> They still had better odds to pick first than 
the Philadelphia Flyers and Dallas Stars who actually ended up in the top three in the draft lottery. So, yeah, that. Oh, and then I feel bad for the the Black Knights, Golden Knights, Golden Black Knights. Knights, Golden Knights. I don't know why they went with Golden Knights or why they just didn't go with Knights. I don't know. I think the uh, London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League made uh, not. I think that's why they had to go. The rumor, I I thought they were going to go Silver Knights. But okay, or Black Knights. There, yeah. There's there's a lot of I. Uh, we we had the uh, kind of the main guys leading the the fan voice out of uh, Vegas there on the show, uh, the Sinbin Vegas blog on the show, and uh, he gave me an idea that he kind of wanted, but like just like Knights, but with an N, like Vegas Knights. So oh, yeah. both ways, it would have been fun. Yeah, why not? Right? Uh, okay, so I have kept you for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. Let's, no, uh, one and a half more hours. Let's go. Marathon. Mar- no, you have another podcast to get to. I have another podcast to get to. <laughs> so, um, but God, this has been such a great conversation. I'm going to have to have you back on maybe beginning of next season. Or maybe for fantasy football, we'll talk about that. Absolutely, uh, it's been it's been great being on, uh, and you know I'll, I'll talk about hockey with just about anyone. My my football knowledge is much lower and much more just filled with passion and less logic. So if you want to just have a illogical conversation about football, I'm your guy. <laughs> Dude, there you go, man. I love that. Uh, but real quick, just so everyone knows, where can they get in contact with you? Where they, where can they find you online? Uh, you can head to our Twitter uh, at Fourth Line Podcast. The Fourth Line Podcast dot com is our website, and uh, Facebook dot com slash the Fourth Line Podcast. If you want to head over to our socials and find out, um, if you head to our website, there's some writing. We've got a great writing crew. Uh, you can find podcast episodes over there. So we try to try to give you just a little bit more. Yeah, and all those uh, links will be in the show notes, so if people really can't find it, then they can go to our show notes page and click over, and while we're at it, just everyone go subscribe and download Fourth Line if you feel the need. Leave them a rate and review on iTunes. Please do. Yeah, thank you for that. All right, and do you have any advice for anyone out there listening to the podcast? I'd say my biggest advice would probably be... uh, enjoy some playoff hockey there's only at most 20 games left in the hockey season as of right now so uh, as of saturday you got 20 games left so you know if if you have something else going on try to make some time because there's only a little bit left and then it's going to be the summer and you don't realize how much you love something till it's gone and that's what that's what i feel about hockey in the middle of august i'm like i'm ready for you to come back now I think like immediately after the playoffs run, you're like, okay, that was fun. And then like July 1st hits and it's free agency. And then you're like middle of August. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to come back now. So uh, just enjoy enjoy some hockey. If you And if you haven't watched hockey ever, you're like, that's a stupid Canadian sport. I don't want to watch hockey. Uh, give it a chance. And if you're going to watch a series, watch the Penguins play the Senators. Because even though Ken does not like the Penguins, they are an incredibly fun team. Sidney Crosby even though he's probably still actually concussed, is one of the most talented hockey players you will ever watch. And uh, you do not want to miss watching him do his job fantastically. So that's, that's what I would the, give his advice. 
That's true. And I, as much as I don't like him on the Penguins, I really hope he doesn't get any more concussions because that can kill a man. Yeah, no one, no one wants that. So, anyways, thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Dude, you're very welcome. I'm glad to hear that. And on that note, everyone out there listening, work out, nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.